Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. So will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be out in the field. One will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, and one will be left. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know on which day our Lord will come. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour of night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So too you must also be prepared. For an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. On this first Sunday of Advent, the Church celebrates the beginning of her new year. This ushers in the beginning of the Church's liturgical year. Last week we had a reading from our Gospel was from Luke, this week from Matthew. And as it cycles through every three years, the Church resets or refocuses, and we get a picture from each of the Gospels. And as we read from Matthew's Gospel today, It starts at the end, and this is oftentimes where we all need to start, is looking towards the end for which we strive. Whenever it comes to any aspect of our lives, if you think about a football team, if you think about any sort of endeavor that we usually take, we have to keep in mind if we want to know the steps that are needed to take, we need to know where we are going. We need to know the direction that we want to go. A football team may say we want to win, well, obviously, the championship. And then that helps to tell them the steps that they need to take, the preparations they need in order to be successful in that endeavor. In the same way for us, as we begin the church's new year, the church starts at the end, with our Lord telling us and reminding that we do not know the hour or the day on which he will come again, on which he will show up, in which we will have to stand before him. And there is an encouragement here for us to be awake, to stay attentive, to ultimately prepare for his coming. For his coming, yes, at the end of our lives, for a second coming in glory, but also for his coming here at Mass, when bread and wine become the body, blood, solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word made flesh, the reason for the season, that Jesus becomes one of us. And ultimately, he still continues to dwell among us under the appearance of bread and wine in the Most Holy Eucharist, dwelling day and night in the tabernacle, being made present in each Mass on the altar. Whenever it comes to these aspects of our life, I think it's good for us then to also reflect on making those New Year's resolutions like we would on January 1st, and we will make on January 1st. What are the ways in which I should take steps forward in my own life. Where do I need to improve? In what ways and what do I need to avoid? Because I think there is a certain level of looking at today's second reading and then also our gospel that ultimately St. Paul tells us in our second reading to avoid a list of specific things, to list, you know, not in orgies, drunkenness, promiscuity, lusts, 
not in rivalry and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that last line is so important. Because whenever it comes to my own sinfulness, my own sins, and my tendency to want to overcome them, as I think we all want to overcome our sins, there is often this tendency within us to simply try to avoid the evil that we do. So I have a tendency to be short or get easily upset. I just want to stop being easily upset and angry. Or if I want to stop going to the dark side of the internet, I just simply want to stop doing that. If I struggle with my language, my speech, and cussing or gossip, there's often a tendency to simply just want to avoid speaking cuss words or speaking gossip. And obviously this is an important element of avoiding. But then I think also it's important that how Paul ends that little list, that litany. He ends it with, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We need not simply avoid, because I think that's often where our mind goes to. We always go to the negative. We want to say, just avoid, avoid, avoid. Instead of also focusing on the fact that we are to focus on fostering the virtues that lead to life. Instead of simply avoiding getting angry or short with others, we also need to focus on how can I be more kind? How can I be more patient? How can I be more loving towards the ones I have a tendency to get short with? My spouse, my children, my parents. How can I learn to become more loving towards them instead of simply avoiding getting angry with them? Replacing it with a virtue often is much more successful than simply avoiding. In the same way with speech, instead of simply avoiding cussing or gossiping or whatever the particular sin may be, perhaps we learn to say as Saint, learn to say only the good things that people need to hear, as Saint Paul exhorts us elsewhere in his letters. Learning to speak praise to those around us, learning to be thankful in our speech for the many blessings the Lord bestows upon us. And then finally, there's also a sense in our gospel today as we begin the church's new year. It's a long haul. So there is also the importance of keeping patience in mind. That God does not demand that you change everything all at once. Well, that is what we obviously would want. He knows us well enough to know that it takes time. That we need to be patient with ourselves. Something that I learned because when I first entered seminary, I hoped that within two weeks I would be St. Francis of Assisi. And still, 12 years later, I'm nowhere close to St. Francis of Assisi. It is important for us to remember that it takes time, that we must be patient with ourselves. And this is another important aspect of whenever we make resolutions, try to convict ourselves and move forward in our lives. We often, I have noticed, sitting on the other side of the screen in the confessional, that there is a tendency within myself and within others to focus on the defeats. As we try to overcome our sinfulness, there's oftentimes this sort of disillusionment, discouragement, despair that takes place. Whenever we try to do better, and then we fall short a few days, a week, a month later. And I think it's important for us, important for us to also count the victories. Because so often we just simply count the defeats. We simply look at the loss category, and that's what comes to define us. Whenever we are trying to overcome our tendency to perhaps be short with a spouse, and then we end up getting short with them, we just simply focus on that. 
and then perhaps fail to recognize that, well, <laughs> it's been a week since I did that, and that's pretty good for me. That's a big improvement. And I think whenever we do this, it helps us to keep that change, that adjustment, that growth that we all desire in perspective, that it is a process. There's this tendency in which we stumble, we fall, we fail. And that is why the church has given us the sacrament of confession. It doesn't simply say, okay, you're baptized. Now you need to be perfect for the rest of your life. But instead, the church has given us the sacrament of confession, an indication that Jesus desires to bestow his mercy again, again, and again, repeatedly. That as often as we ask in sincerity and true contrition, in a spirit of compunction, sorrow for our sins, he will forgive us again and again and again. This is what our Lord is trying to indicate in today's reading, that we need to stay awake, we need to be attentive to the fact that we can, yes, fall short, but also that he gives us the grace necessary to grow, to grow over time, and that if we fall, if we stumble, if we slip up, he will always be there to lift us back upon our feet, to forgive our sins, and ultimately for us to begin again. There is a great line from St. Josemaria. It's in Latin, Nunc Cempe. Now we begin. He wanted his spiritual followers to always look at each moment as a Nunc Cempe. Now I begin. Now is the time. Now is when I turn. And the spirit of that phrase is that each and every moment is the moment to start anew. No matter what happened the moment before, if you've messed up bigger than you have ever messed up, if you messed up in a little way, if it's going well, again and again, we have the opportunity to start again, to begin again, to renew our commitment to Christ, and to recognize that he is indeed patient with us. He gives us time, and he desires for us to turn back to him, and he allows us again and again to turn to him in the sacrament of confession, to receive the abundant divine mercy that is never exhausted. He will never tire of forgiving you. He will never tire of forgiving me. He is never tired of forgiving any human person. So we need not be afraid, but instead ask again and again and again, as many times as it takes, to trust that he will lead us life. He will lead us to that renewal, and that we need to learn to count the victories, to recognize that perhaps, and most likely, in fact, I'd say most probably, we have gotten better than we were a month, a year ago. It is important for us to take those things to heart, to recognize that the Lord desires for each of us to come to conversion, but that we each come to conversion in our own time, in our own way. So take heart, because as we begin the church's new year, he calls each one of us. He's patient with each one of us. He rejoices in our victories. He also helps us to stand up and start again after the defeats. So today, commit to turn back to the Lord. Turn, commit to follow him day after day, knowing that he desires to lead you to the fullness of life and eternity.